0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Sports with Vince podcast. Um, this is my last college football preview episode for this summer um, and it will be covering Notre Dame um, as you know if you've been paying attention I already did the ACC preview but that was before it was announced that Notre Dame would become a member of the ACC for this season so I did not include them in that episode um, so I guess they get their own um, full disclosure I am a Notre Dame fan um, and that can mean That probably meant a different thing to every single one of you out there. Everyone has a little different experience with Notre Dame fans. Um, Just in the Notre Dame fan base, there are quite a few factions. On one hand, you have the people that are all about firing Brian Kelly. At at any given moment, that's what they're thinking about. He can never do anything good enough. Um, Basically, the program is a complete failure if they're not winning the national championship every year. yeah, so you have those type of fans. Then you have the guys who. Uh, guys and girls, all inclusive here. <laughs> you got the fans that uh, basically say that um, Brian Kelly can do no wrong. Um, everything is hunky dory. You know, we're just as talented as anyone in the country. We're going to win the national title this year. You know, the, the type of fans that you get with basically any fan base. Um, pie in the sky people for myself I would tend to put myself kind of in between the two camps um, hopefully a little more of a voice of reason Um, which I feel like most fan bases have a good section of people that are like that thankfully Um, it just happens to be the fringes that are the most vocal those are the ones that you often see online or wherever Um, but yeah anyway so Notre Dame obviously Um, as most of you know if you're listening that they are now part of the ACC for this season only Um, first time they've ever been part of a conference in over a hundred years of playing football Um, but yeah so it's an interesting experiment we'll see how it goes this is it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, something that we look back on in the coming years um, it's going to be used for, used by people for arguments about whether Notre Dame belongs here or there or what they would do at a conference and all this stuff. Um, so this is not just a one-year thing, um, just from a conversation standpoint, I guarantee it. But anyway, looking at Notre Dame for this season, I uh, looked up their odds. Right now they are plus 600 to win the ACC, uh, which is the second best, but quite a bit behind Clemson who is minus 450 or something Um, so huge gap in the odds there 6 to 1 odds for Notre Dame to win the ACC which feels about right now this is a little more interesting I also decided to look up their national title odds Um, most recent ones I found actually had them at only plus 1200 so 12 to 1 odds to win the national title which was tied for the fourth best odds in the country I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, I think it definitely does speak to, I don't know, just the COVID world we're living in. What some, what are some of the positions that are most important? Um, what, what's what's going to be important for football teams this year, more so than other years even, as far as overcoming the extra adversity that comes through all of this? Um, I think Notre Dame actually fits in pretty well with some of those things. We'll look at some of those later. Brian Kelly entering his 11th season at Notre Dame, um, 11 and 2 last year, and yeah, in the last three years, really since Notre Dame went 4 and 8 in 2016, um, since that horrible season, um, they are 33 and 6 in their last three seasons. It, obviously, an average of 11 and 2, which was exactly what they were last year. Um, so. They're, they haven't broken into the top, the absolute top tier of college football. They're, they're still a notch below Alabama, Clemson, um, Ohio State. And then it depends how large you want to make the tier. I, I would probably include Georgia in that tier, even though they haven't won a national title um, in the last decade. Um, but they definitely belong there, just as far as talent and all that. Um, you can include Oklahoma. And all their playoff appearances I feel like Notre Dame is is pretty much in the top of that next year um, now they are an interesting team when you when you look at how the different uh, analytic systems view them um, last year SP plus had them as 19th in the country and FEI had them at seventh <laughs> So, there's a good bit of a gap there. Um, F-plus, which is the combination of the two at 15th. Um, their SP-plus projection for this year, which includes, um, so far, yeah, it, this includes Big Ten and Pac-12 teams. Um, has them projected 9th in the country, um, which I thought was actually interesting, considering that's a, that'd be a 10-spot jump from what SP-plus saw them last year. Uh, they're projected by SP Plus to be number 10 in the country in offense, and number 20 in defense. And this was another key area that was quite different. Um, the two systems didn't view their offense all that differently. Um, SP Plus had them at 20th, FEI 25th in the country. It was the defense that really stuck out as to how, how it viewed it differently. Um, FEI had them as the 5th best defense in the country, SP Plus 22nd. And I think basically it just speaks to feI being a drive based system, SP+ Plus being a play by play based system. Um, Notre Dame was excellent at bending but not breaking so they would allow a lot of successful plays you know until teams would get in the scoring position and then they would put the clamps down um, So even though they were not you know SP+ Plus had them 22nd in the country even though they were maybe not the most, successful in between, like, the 40-yard lines, I would say, or even in between the 20s. Once it got down into the red zone, um, they were just about as good as anybody in the country, which is reflected, yeah, FEI liked them as the fifth-best defense. Now, usually the truth is somewhere in the middle, which is probably fair. Um, but I it, I just thought that was kind of an interesting dynamic of, of how to look at the team. Um Generally speaking, I think you need a top 10 offense and defense to win a national title. And I guess, I think Notre Dame, honestly, like the fact that they were tied for fourth in the country for national title odds, I think that's actually about right. Um, now, I, I think there's a pretty big gap between the top group of Bama, Clemson, Georgia, and then everyone else. So I think there's a pretty big gap between those top three programs and then Notre Dame and the rest. Um, but as far as just the potential to be top ten both on offense and defense, there's not a whole lot of teams I feel like that can that could match that. Um, and I feel like Notre Dame is one of those. So just looking at their team and some of the things that are going to be important. Um, I think continuity is going to be very important. Most teams did not get much practice, or didn't get as much practice in this summer and fall as as they would normally. So, just continuity is going to be very important. And obviously, Notre Dame Notre Dame brings back Ian Book, um, fifth year senior, third year starting quarterback, I believe. Um, yeah, very experienced. Had a pretty good season last year. Um, especially the last half he was really on fire the last half of the year Um, i would expect him to have a very good season once again he's he's not trevor lawrence he's not justin fields um, he's probably not sam howell or even sam ellinger but you take out those four and there's not a lot of quarterbacks i would take before Ian book for just a college football game He's very good um, sh- accurate passer um, actually pretty good runner um, he likes to get out of the pocket and make things happen sometimes a little too quick but yeah he is athletic um, one of the th- one of the knocks that people would generally have on him book is that people say he can't make all the throws you know he's not a huge arm talent I I actually feel like he's pretty much capable of making all the throws. He just, I don't know, He there's something about him where he, he doesn't trust himself sometimes to actually try those throws. Um, when he threw the ball downfield last year, he was actually pretty good at it. Um, and I'm, I'm, that's one thing I'm definitely looking to see if he does more of that this year, because he does have some weapons, I think. Some speed on the outside, not a lot of experience at wide receiver, but there is some some speed out there. I want to see if he can take advantage of that. I'm quite confident he's actually capable of doing it. I'm just not sure if he's um, got the mentality for it. I guess. Uh, anyway, his backup will be Brendan Clark, um, and there's definitely a little bit of a gap between the two. Clark is probably not ready to be a starter, but um, a lot of arm talent. Um, very talented kid. Had some pretty good reports coming out of camp about him. And then the other backup is Drew Pine, the true freshman. And he would be a little bit of the opposite of Clark as far as not just a huge arm talent, um, not known for a big arm, but he's just kind of a. He, he understands the game. He's an accurate passer. He's that kind of prototypical. Um, I guess game manager is, that sounds like kind of a knock, but it's a little bit of what what he can be. So we'll see if Clark or Pine can eventually become a starter. Um, Hopefully, they won't need to this year. If they do, it'll be a bad sign, most likely, because Book will either, yeah, probably had some kind of injury that was unforeseen. Anyway. Uh, Running back, so Kyron Williams appears to have emerged as the starter there, Um, redshirt freshman, didn't play much last year, I I believe he lost a fumble in the opener against Louisville, and just like, the staff pretty much shut him down at that point, he wasn't allowed, allowed to really see the field again. They did lose Tony Jones Jr. from last year, who was a dependable running back but was definitely not explosive. Um, no one would describe him in that way. They also bring back Jafar Armstrong, Sibo Flemister, Jameer Smith. Those were probably the next three running backs after Jones uh, from last year. So it's interesting that those three appear to have been passed on the depth chart by obviously Karen Williams who I just mentioned and then the true freshman who everyone's really excited about Chris Tyree Um, this guy is the definition of explosive the last two years he won the fastest man contest at the opening so he might be the fastest running back in the country right now as a true freshman we've always known he was fast the question was if he would be strong enough to play this year and all by all accounts, he's actually got a strong lower body. Um, should be able to handle. I would. I would. As, I would assume at least 10 touches a game, on average for the season. Uh, I really do think he's going to be an, uh, an important part of the run game, um, and the pass game for that matter. Um, so it's a little. It's just exciting to have guys like Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree kind of at the top of the depth chart there. Um, It's going to add an element to Notre Dame's offense that really hasn't been there the last year or two. Um, Well, two years ago they had Dexter Williams some. But, yeah, at least compared to last year, I feel like there's going to be more explosiveness there at the running back position. Wide receiver is an area that is a little bit interesting. Maybe one of the biggest question marks on the roster just as far as um, unproven production. Um, they lost Chase Claypool from a year ago Chris Fink um, some of the most yeah dependable names there the depth chart that was released for this week for the Duke game has the starters listed as Javon McKinley Bennett Skoranek and Avery Davis which is a little surprising most people thought Skoranek the transfer from Northwestern would be a starter um, but McKinley is listed ahead of Brayden Lindsay And the speculation has been that that's something to do with COVID. Either it, had it or had to sit out for contact tracing or something like that. So I don't think that's going to be a permanent thing. Um, I do believe Braden Lindsay will play plenty. Um, He's going to be a huge part of the offense. Um, Probably the fastest receiver they had last year. Made some huge plays. The guy is speed. Um, Oregon track star if you followed him in high school. You know he's got speed. You saw it last year a few few times here and there. It seems like he's finally big enough where he can actually um, get on the field quite a bit. So I expect him to to be very important again this year. Um, Javon McKinley was a high four star when he was recruited. Just hasn't really worked out yet. Um, he had his moments last year. Finally, mostly against low tier competition. Um, so we'll see if he can step his game up and actually make a make a difference in some bigger games this year. Now Avery Davis Davis will be starting in the slot um, and backed up by Lawrence Keys. Another exciting uh, receiver. Uh, I would expect these two to split time. Um, I think they're both going to see see the field plenty. Although it's it's going to be interesting to see how much. Notre Dame actually uses three receivers they have quite the abundance of talent at tight end Um, so I do expect them to use a lot of multiple tight end formations and things like that this year so there might be um, fewer snaps go around for the receivers Um, Benis Karanik is backed up by Joe Wilkins Um, another name that has We've we've heard a few good things here and there about him over the couple years that he's been in the program, just haven't really seen anything on the field. So just another unproven commodity. Now, interestingly enough, I, the guy most people pre- projected would be the alpha this year, Kevin Austin, um, missed all all of last season with suspension, and is injured right now. I believe he had surgery and is is recovering from that. Should be back. After a few games off, um, it's going to be really interesting to see if he can actually live up to his potential. Um, former high four star, very highly touted. Complete receiver, um, seems like he's very good all around. Um, and then you get to the freshman. Um, Jordan Johnson was. Um, I think he was like the number 36 player in the country. He was a 5 star before the very final update, which put him as one of the highest four-stars in the country. And he had very good moments in camp. Not, not listed on the two-deep currently, but I expect we're going to see some plays out of him. And this is an area where we need to see that. Um, schools like Alabama, Clemson, they don't seem to have any problem getting true freshmen on the field, uh, impact freshmen. It feels like Notre Dame has not done a very good job of doing that. Uh, but Jordan Johnson is the kind of talent that they don't often get at receiver. Um, they get plenty of four stars, but we're talking. This is the this is the highest-rated receiver they've brought in since Michael Floyd in 2008. So, yeah, the guy is talent talented. He flashed in camp. He can make plays. Get him on the field. Um, get him some targets. He doesn't have to play the whole whole game. He doesn't have to start or anything, but I want to see this guy on the field. Um, and then there there's also a couple other freshman receivers with a lot of uh, potential. Xavier Watts um, out of Nebraska, one of the best players in Nebraska, highly coveted by the hometown, Huskers. Um, heard a lot of good things about him. And then Jay Brunel was a kind of a lower, fo- lower three-star, actually, but um, everyone that, that was watching him play and everything always was like, this is one of the most obvious guys that's going to overperform his recruiting ranking, so, I don't know that we'll see much of him this year, again, there's just a lot of bodies there, um, haven't even mentioned Micah Jones yet, which I don't expect to see much out of him, but, there's just a lot of bodies in that receiver room, not a lot of them are proven, um, but we'll see what happens. I think there are, there is a decent amount of talent there. Best case scenario, I think they could actually it could be a strength of the team. Tight end, now this is definitely a strength of the team. Despite losing Cole Komet, the top tight end taken in the draft last season, um, Notre Dame is tight end U. Other schools might also claim that, but Notre Dame is one of the schools that has an absolutely legitimate claim to the title. All of their starting tight ends since like 2003 have been drafted. Uh, and a number of those were the top tight end drafted in their in their class. But anyway, right now Brock Wright is listed as the starter. Not sure, not sure how seriously to take that. Um, he is a good blocker. I do expect he will probably be involved some in the passing game. But the big names to know here are Tommy Tremble and Michael Mayer. Uh, Tremble was the backup last year to commit, had four touchdowns as a backup tight end. Um he's a little bit smaller, not exactly what you would uh picture in a tight end. He's like 6'3" as opposed to like a 6'6" behemoth out there, but but he's very fast, runs good routes. Um I think we're going to see a lot of him on the field. And I mentioned that Notre Dame could use a lot of multiple tight end sets. Um, that can be helped by guys like Trumbull who can definitely split out wide um and also Michael Mayer can do the same. Michael mayer' is the true freshman he was a five star uh, which is very which is very rare for a tight end but um this guy's very good he was I'm trying to think i'm doing this off of memory, but I believe he was the m v p of one of the all american Bowl games um, yeah. I guess the other players referred to him as Baby Gronk this guy is extremely talented um, highest ranked tight end that has come to Notre Dame since Kyle Rudolph I want to say in 2008 um, so there's, there's been a lot of big names since then um, Notre Dame is tight end you, like I like I said but he's already kind of Rising through the depth chart, I imagine that he will play. Um, there's also names like George Takx and Kevin Bauman, another true freshman who has impressed during fall camp um according to reports. so there's yeah honestly, Notre Dame has five tight ends that would all probably start at the majority of f b s programs. And I imagine that at least three of them are going to see significant playing time this year. Next, um, we have the offensive line. And Notre Dame returns all five starters from last year, really six, because um, some of their guys missed some time to injury last year. So Josh Lugg was the first guy off the bench, started a number of games last season, and he's back. So they have six guys with quite a bit of starting experience. Um just going from the left to right Liam Eikenberg the left tackle Aaron banks left guard Jarrett Patterson the center Tommy Kramer right guard Robert Hainsey right tackle um, These guys are all very experienced Robert Hainsey um, And Tommy Kramer were on the 2017 line that um, won the Joe Moore award for the best offensive line in the country um, Eikenberg potential first-round pick um, all the left tackles that have started uh, for Brian Kelly before Eichenberg or first-round picks so um, Eichenberg is definitely a name to know for next year's draft um, same with Aaron Banks and Jarrett Patterson um, I don't think he's leaving after this year but another guy that's a very solid starter I look for him to take another step forward this year This really should be one of the top three or four offensive lines in the country, if not the best offensive line. Um, They were good last year, but not great, I would say. I would say they probably underperformed a little bit. These guys are all so... Yeah, it's it's such a talented group. Um, I think their second year of this entire group starting together is going to be good. Um, I... I think it was Lindy's at least who listed them as having the best offensive line in of the country. They're definitely one of the favorites for the Joe Moore award again this year. Um, and this is another area where I think it's going to be important in a COVID world um, to have this kind of, yeah, just the continuity with the quarterback and the entire offensive line coming back, I think it's definitely going to help the offense quite a bit, both in the passing game and the running game. Um, last year they're Pass blocking was excellent. It was the run blocking that was a little more questionable. Um, So I guess that's the the next step for this offensive line is if they can become a dominant run unit. Um, But yeah, mostly it's these six guys we're looking at. And there's other young talent there: Andrew Kristofic, Zeke Carell, John Dirksen, Dylan Gibbons, the true freshman Tosh Baker, Michael Carmody. Obviously, those guys are probably going to redshirt. Although. Um, as we all know, if you're following along, uh, this year does not count as a year of eligibility. So maybe we'll see some more true freshman play if they, yeah, if they're in blowouts and stuff, just to give them some time. That you know doesn't count against their red shirt or anything. So we'll see how that works for depth this year. But, yeah, offensive line definitely needs to be a strength of the team, is expected to be so. And if Notre Dame is going to compete with teams like Clemson, um, this is going to have to be one of the areas where they really make themselves known. Um, there are certain position groups where they really quite they can't quite match the Clemson's of the world. Um, offensive line is one area where they can actually be better than these schools. And so, if you actually if, if you have an area like that where you have a potential advantage. It actually needs to be an advantage to make up for the deficiencies in some other potential areas. Um, so I guess my prediction would be that if if this offensive line does play to their potential, the Notre Dame will be a very dangerous team this year. So that's something to keep an eye on. So now we move to the defense, um, and the defensive line is similar, I would say, where there's a lot of talent there. Um, there's potential for them to actually have an advantage over. Most teams in the country, um, so we'll see if that turns out or not. The starting ends: Dalen Hayes and Ade Ogandaji, Um They're both fifth-year seniors. They've both played quite a bit. Um, definitely took different routes to where they are now. Dalen Hayes was, uh, I believe, he was a five-star on Rivals, not a composite five-star, but you know, a very highly touted recruit. Ade Okandaji was an extremely raw player coming out of high school. He was a three-star, um, a lot of potential, um, just it was unproven. I, I don't think he had played much football um, before late in his high school career. But He's really turned out um, to be be a good player, good pass rusher. I believe he sacked Trevor Lawrence in the playoff game a couple of years ago. Um, so they have good proven starters there neither one was actually a start, uh, starter last year but they've been in the they've they've been in the rotation now for several years both of them so not really a concern um, their backups right now listed as Ovi gofu behind Hayes or Isaiah Foskey I believe the depth chart said and then on behind Oganeji it says Justin Anamalola or Isaiah Foskey um, so Isaiah Foskey Um, redshirt freshman or sophomore I I don't think he burned his redshirt last year I'm pretty sure he's still um, a redshirt freshman Um, but he is expected to be an absolute monster someday and he's listed as an or situation as as the backup on both ends so that's pretty exciting to see what he can do with some real playing time this year I imagine we'll definitely see all five of these guys get a decent amount of playing time I also expect true freshman Jordan Botelho to get some time as a pass rusher. Um, I would also I also think Riley Mills will probably play some, another true freshman. And they're not sure if, if that'll be on the end or in the middle. Um, I think he's a pretty talented player. And I, I would expect him to find his way onto the field at some point. Um, at nose guard, you got Kurt Heinisch, the starter, returning. Jacob Lacey, who played a lot as a true freshman last year and played very well, and then Jamie and Franklin. Um, and then also another true freshman, Aiden, Kiana Aina. Wouldn't expect him to play much this year other than possibly some blowouts and stuff. But So there's pretty, pretty good depth there. Hynish and Lacey are really the guys to know. Um, they're both going to play quite a bit. Um, these were also the top two guys last year. Played well. Um and I imagine they'll both be even better this year. And a defensive tackle. Similar situation, you got your top two guys coming back, Myron Tungabailoa Almosa and Jason Otamelo. Um these guys are very good. I would I would expect this could be this the middle here at right? garden defensive tackle. I I think with these four guys that are coming back from last year. Um this could be one of the strengths on the team. Um Tungavalova Amosa and Adamilola, Jason, not to be confused with his twin Justin who is a backup defensive end. Um those guys are extremely talented. I imagine we're going to see some penetration in the middle of the defense there. Um which is going to be important because yeah. I mentioned if, if the offensive line plays to their potential, Notre Dame's going to be very good. I also think if, if the defensive line can play to their potential, it's going to be the same thing. Like, if Notre Dame is winning in the trenches, both sides of the ball consistently, they're going to have a lot of wins this year. Um, and they're going to be dangerous in every game. Uh, another backup at defensive tackle that will probably see some playing time is Howard Cross the third. Um... Has actually flashed a good bit um, in practices and stuff the last two years. I haven't seen much of him on the field, although I I think we'll probably see some of him this year. Um, Linebacker is interesting. Um, There's two obvious starters coming back. Drew White in the middle. Um, He will start at Mike, uh, middle linebacker. He'll be backed up by Bo Bauer. And then the big name, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, projected by some people to be a first-round pick next year. He'll be starting at Rover once again. Um, Absolute beast. Uh, Finished last year with three sacks against Iowa State in the bowl game. Just, yeah, guy that can go all over the field, make plays in the backfield, can make plays in coverage as well. Um, don't expect him to leave the field much at all this year. This guy's going to be all over. Might be one of the. Might be one of the best linebackers in the country. Almost certainly is. He he could end up being a first team All American. We'll see what his numbers are. Should be interesting to watch. His backup at Rover is Paul Malala. He also played some last year. Scored a defensive touchdown actually. Um, pretty good player. I don't know how much we'll see him. Um, just because owusu is going to be impossible to keep off the field. Although, we will get into some blowout situations and stuff. So we will see some Paul Moala as well at Rover. Um, the new starter, um, since they lost their starter at Buck last year. The new starter this year, um, right now is listed as either Shane Simon or Maris Leofau. Which is kind of exciting, um, kind of interesting. I think most people would have probably guessed Jack Lamb would take over at Buck. Um, Lamb had a role last year as the linebacker in their dime package, I believe. Extremely talented player, and I I do expect he will play some this year. I think there's a chance that him not being in in the depth chart for the Duke game has something to do with you know, possibly some contact tracing or COVID or something like that. So we'll see what happens. Um, Lamb and Simon came in in the same recruiting class a few years ago as four stars, highly titled players. So, yeah, we'll see what we can get out of those two. Maris red um, redshirt freshman, I believe. Um, they played him on special teams last year. And they played him just in like four huge games. Like they basically chose the four biggest games of the season and said, "You're playing in these four games with special teams, so you don't blow your red shirt." But he was he was very good on special teams. Um, another linebacker that Clark Lee, the defensive coordinator, has raved about is Jack Kaiser. Um, I think he could play at either Buck or Rover. Still a young player. I don't know that we'll see much of him this year. Um... But Lee really likes him. Also you have Osita Equanu, a redshirt freshman, uh, former four-star, and J.D. Bertrand, another redshirt freshman, former four-star. Um, so there's names all over um, at linebacker. There's lots of players. Equanu um, also has apparently gotten some time as a situational running back um, in camp, and I think some of that was mostly due to some running backs being out Um, for quarantine so they had to move him there he played running back in high school so I don't know if that was all it was or if maybe we could potentially see some some of him on like goal line situations Um, I think he weighs like 236 pounds so he's a big dude but yeah there's quite a few names there's I think I already listed ten names at linebacker Um, they can't all play but there's a lot of talent there we'll see what happens I'm not worried about the position. I just think there's so much talent everywhere that something will work out. The cream will rise to the top. Um, And then here's where it gets a little more interesting is the secondary. Especially at cornerback. Um, I would say probably the most entrenched starter is Nick McLeod, the grad grad transfer from from NC State. Played very well for NC State the last several years. Transferred to Notre Dame. Um... Appears to have solidified a starting spot. His backup is listed as Cam Hart, um, who came as a receiver to Notre Dame but sw- switched to cornerback. We'll see how that works out. It's the other side that's a little interesting. Tariq Bracy started most of the last season. Um, on the depth chart, it's listed as Tariq Bracey or Clarence Lewis, who is a true freshman, was not super highly touted mid three-star player Um, but there were definitely some people that felt like he was underrated and was actually a very good cornerback Um, so it's it's interesting to see him listed as an an or potential starter basically um, alongside a returning starter in Tariq Bracey so that'll be interesting some other names at corner that well Isaiah Rutherford is probably the next one um, on either end, former four star. Um, I think they probably trust him to play a decent amount. Um, then there's a couple other true freshmen, Ramon Henderson and Caleb offered I don't know that we'll see much of them, I, I doubt we will. Um, I also figured we'd see some KJ Wallace on there, but he's apparently been moved to safety. Um, this is where it gets interesting as well. Um, Sean Crawford. He's listed as the starting strong safety for Notre Dame after playing mostly corner his first 17 years there. Um, No, not really, but he is a sixth-year senior, and because this year doesn't count as eligibility for anybody, he could potentially come back next year as a seventh-year senior. Um, Crawford was a highly touted player coming out of high school, um, had three season-ending injuries in his career at Notre Dame, um, but he's always been an impact player when, when healthy. and he's, But he is a small corner, and so it's a little interesting to see that he got moved to safety. Probably not a great sign. Um, everyone knew Kyle Hamilton would start at one safety spot, and he is listed as a starting safety. Kyle Hamilton, of course, um, the former five-star who was a true freshman last year and, and had like four interceptions, including a pick six. His very first play in Notre Dame Stadium was a pick-six. And, yeah, he's he's one of the favorites to be an All-American this year at safety. He will be a first-round pick um, when he comes out. He's just that good. He's probably the most talented player on the roster easily. Um, Probably the most talented safety in the country. There's not a safety I would take before him. But anyway, um, it was expected that the starter opposite him would be either Houston Griffith or Isaiah Pryor, the transfer from Ohio State. Both of these guys are former top 100 recruits. Uh, Griffith was actually a cornerback coming out of high school, got moved to safety at Notre Dame. And so, yeah, it's a little surprising to see that neither one of those was able to nail down a starting job and they had to turn to Sean Crawford who they could trust Um, so it is a little bit scary Um, Houston Griffith is listed as his backup and then followed by KJ Wallace so yeah I'm not exactly sure what to think of that if Griffith does have I'm sorry if Crawford would have another injury and obviously we certainly hope that does not happen but how much do they trust his depth there, or the depth there, the, the backups there? I'm not sure. Now, the backup to Kyle Hamilton, it's listed as DJ Brown or Isaiah Pryor. Um, yeah, definitely a huge drop off. Either way, I'm not exactly sure who he will play, I would imagine. If Hamilton can't go for some reason in a game. It will depend on the type of offense they're playing. I'm guessing if they need a cover guy, they would start D.J. Brown, and if they need a run stopper, they would start Isaiah Pryor. Um, but anyway, so that's pretty much that's the defense. Um, specialist Jonathan Dewar is back at kicker. Jay Bramblin back at punter. Um, one thing that might just be interesting to me, but I saw that Michael Vinson is apparently the starting long snapper at Instead of Alex Peich, um, Michael Vinson is a walk-on and apparently did a lot of the long snapping in practice last year. Um, Peich is a scholarship player, true freshman coming in. So it's interesting to see the walk-on beat out the scholarship player, at least for now. Um. I don't know that we'll see. We we'll, we will see uh, more of Pich, but hey, in a world where there is COVID, and you never know when you might need a replacement at any position, it's it's nice to know there are two long snappers. Um, yeah, if you were watching Austin P in the opener this year, you saw that their long snapper um, was unable to play, so they had to have a replacement and. I only saw him snap it once, and it was a bad snap to the punter, and I believe it was fumbled and recovered by the defense. So it can be very costly to not have a good long snapper. You don't think about it until they mess up. Then the returners. um, Chris Fink, of course, was the punt returner for the last number of years. Right now it's listed as Lawrence Keyes as the main punt returner. And followed by Kyron Williams. Kick returner. um, Kick return has been an area of struggle for Notre Dame for years. Just really haven't gotten much there. But they have Chris Tyree listed as the kick returner. Uh, Obviously, one of the fastest players in the country. Um, So that should be exciting. Just another way to get him the ball more. Um, Definitely in favor of that. Um, His backup is, is listed as Jafar Armstrong. So that's pretty much pretty much the depth chart for Notre Dame. Um, if you're not a Notre Dame fan, you might not have found that very interesting. Um, but yeah, this is this is a very talented roster. This is a good team. Bring back a lot of experience, um, either with Notre Dame or from other schools. Um, so I, I do I do believe that Notre Dame is a high ceiling this year. I don't expect them to beat Clemson. To make the playoffs, they'll probably have to beat Clemson at least once. But I, I do think they will finish second in the ACC. I do think they will play in the ACC title game. My prediction would be that they probably will win every game they play this year when they're not playing Clemson. Um, I I do I do think they are just that much better than everyone else in the ACC um, and I don't say that disparagingly about the ACC I, I do think there are some good teams North Carolina Louisville potentially Florida State Pitt there's some there's some talented teams there there's some teams that can get up and grab you um, but the last several years Notre Dame has not uh, had an issue really with teams that they were clearly superior to um all their all of their losses have been to teams that were better than them or on their level. And I don't think there really there's really any teams on their level in the ACC this year. I think Clemson is better than them. I think everyone else is below them. Um so I guess I've I've learned to kind of trust them, which feels weird to say. For most of my life as an as a Notre Dame fan, I absolutely absolutely did not trust them. Um really against anybody, um, but to Brian Kelly's credit, he has turned that around. They they have definitely made it so where they are not losing those head-scratching games anymore. Um, I guess the biggest question is just if they can get to the next level and actually beat those top five teams. If Can they actually more than just beat the teams that they're supposed to beat can they pull up pull a big upset can they split with with clemson i don't know we'll see i do think it actually helps they will probably have to play clemson twice this year um it just increases the chances of getting them at least once even if they don't win the acc or if they you know if they would Beat Clemson at home in November and then lose to them in the ACC title game or whatever. Not make the playoff or whatever. Just getting just getting one win out of those two would be huge for the program, I think. Um, just to show that they actually can um, compete with the big boys. I believe they can. Last year, they took Georgia to the wire at Georgia. and It felt like they left a lot on the field. It felt like they didn't play their best game. They weren't ready. Um, For some of the crowd noise, they had several procedure penalties, false starts and such, because they couldn't hear the snap count. Um, So, yeah, I don't don't know. I I do think that Notre Dame is right on the edge. Um, Like I mentioned before, they are tied for the fourth-best national championship odds. I do stand by that. Um, I think I would predict... They will finish probably around 5th in the country. Depending on how they answer some of the questions, they could definitely be a playoff team this year. I don't know that they can win the national title. That that would be uh, yeah pretty shocking, I think. I'm fairly confident saying that the national title will be, will be one of uh, Alabama, Clemson, or Georgia. Probably Alabama or Clemson. Um, but if you take out those three teams, I feel like Notre Dame has as good a shot as anybody. I would put them in the Oklahoma-Florida tier, um, whoever else you want to put in there. Um, I do think Notre Dame is built to succeed in this kind of situation. A lot of veteran leadership, um, very professional team. Uh, I don't think they're going to be taken too su- Too much by surprise by by all of this going on. So I expect a good year for Notre Dame this year. Um, Mostly I'm just thankful that we actually get football this year. So cheers to that. Um, I'm recording this on Thursday night. Less than two days till kickoff. Can't wait. You're probably listening on Friday. Um, So down to one day. Um, Yeah, man. I mean, football is here. Football is here. It's been a long year. Um, there were stretches there where people didn't think we would see football this fall, but it's here. That's something to be thankful for. Um, we all have lots, We all have a lot, a lot to be thankful for. I'm sure. Um, and hey, now football is on that list. So be happy that we have that. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, It's been fun previewing football this this summer. Hope you guys got something out of it. Hope you enjoyed it half as much as I enjoyed making it. Um, We'll be back with more episodes later, but yeah, this has been the 2020 College Football Preview Series. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you have a great day, a good weekend, and God bless.